G'day humans, what's good boy? Chris Funder here with Alex Freddy Williams for another edition of Wrestling Old Style. Alex, how you going, mate? I'm wonderful, mate. Um, yeah, got a fun week of wrestling to talk about, or do we? Oh boy, yes indeed. So, before we get there, we've got to discuss the biggest event of 2010, possibly. Wrestle Kingdom 4. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. This show. Uh, I'm very excited to talk about one match in particular. Yes, indeed. Um, Had you seen this before, either on tapes or when you first got New Japan World? I'd never seen any of these matches before. Besides, like, a couple of clips I've seen of, like, Nakamura and Takayama, like, having a stare down. That's about it. Fair enough. Yeah, so it is New Japan Wrestle Kingdom number four from the Tokyo Dome from 2010. Wow. This <laughs> this was a really fun show. I'm really glad I chose this for our international choices uh, this month. Yeah, this was... Um, man, was this insane. Um, yeah. Like... Um, just... The wide array of people you get on this, and then you see, like, where some of these people have gone to since then and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's a bit iffy on the New Japan world, though. Would you like to explain why? Yeah, so similar to the Australian shows of 2018, every match is listed individually. There's not really any entrances and match number three is missing entirely yeah yeah that's devastating because like that was one of the matches i was most interested in seeing not that i thought it would be a good match or anything but just the idea of the fact that you know <laughs> tetsuya naito fought the dudley boys at a tokyo dome <laughs> along with uh was it Prince Albert? Yeah, Prince Albert. And, and the, machine, the gun. machine gun. Yeah, of course the machine gun, but yeah, it's just um, such a weird match. Like, you and I, I well, I, I tried to search it out, but couldn't find it anywhere. But quickly just going over it, it was uh, Team No Limit, Naito and Yujiro. Um, like in hindsight like that's such a weird tag team in hindsight considering like how how these two have progressed since then um regressed as some might say yeah yeah definitely <laughs> um ag against team 3d brother ray and brother devon and also the team of bad intentions, Giant Bernard, the former Prince Albert, as you said. The future and Lord Tenzai. Future Sweet Tea. Oh, jeez, yeah. <laughs> and of course, uh, the Machine Gun Carl Anderson. Um, yeah, with Team No Limit picking up the win for the IWGP tag titles there. Oh, it was a hardcore match as well. Not very often so, you get gimmick matches at the Tokyo Dome. So this was would have been about the time you said uh, 
good old Brutus Magnus somehow got the IWGP tag titles there with British Invasion. Yeah, and that was just been, before this. Because we talked about lockdown earlier in the year on one of our shows. Yeah. And <laughs> it was No Limit versus Team 3D, and 3D got the IWGP titles there. Yeah. And yeah, do you want to explain what the uh, what the initial plan was before good old Brutus Magnus got involved? Well, I think um, the whole idea was for Team 3D to pretty much have a year-long run with the IWGP titles. But TNA decided, oh, we'll chuck it on Brutus Magnus and Doug Williams for a month or so, and then New Japan just pretty much said, uh, we didn't agree to this, put the titles back on Team 3D now, and then after the Tokyo Dome, we want nothing to do with you guys ever again. And I, I think that's pretty much how it went. I think there was like one year where they did do something with, uh, t- with uh, TNA champion at the time, Jeff Hardy. And I think there was a match at a Tokyo Dome either the next year or a couple of years later. Which I saw on Twitter recently. It just blew my mind that this happened in the Tokyo Dome. Jeff Hardy versus Tetsuya Naito. Jeez, that sounds fun. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, it was Stardust Genius Tetsuya Naito, but Still generic baby face. But um, yeah, it's just. And it was also heel Jeff Hardy as well. <laughs> like, yeah, I just made it sound infinitely worse. If the roles were reversed and we got, like, Tranquilo, like, slightly heel Nido against babyface Jeff Hardy, whew, that'd be a barn burner. But no, you're getting uh, immortal Jeff Hardy from my memory. Jeez. <laughs> um, I was recently watching um, like a replay episode of Ink Master and yeah. Jeff Hardy's on there in one episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'll right. I can find you the clip and I'll send it to you. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, so can... I'm looking at pictures of Naito versus Jeff Hardy from Google Images and it appears that Naito wrestled the whole match with a t-shirt on as well. Jeez, good old uh, Naito. <laughs> oh, doesn't, man. So weird. Take his t-shirt off if it's not important. Yeah, so that's what, he's, that's what he thought about Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy and his ridiculous purple world title. What year was that? Would that have been around the... Uh, Sting incident? Um, it would have to have been like the same year, I reckon, like pretty close to it. No, it was, um, yeah, it was 2011. It was a couple of months before the Sting incident. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I probably won't go and watch that now, knowing that. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I sent you that link to... Ink Master as well, you can watch later. Yeah. Um, also, I just looked at the... <laughs> We're going completely off topic, but 
I looked at the Wikipedia for Wrestle Kingdom 5, and it says here, attendance, 42,000 official, 18,000 claimed. Ah, oh, yeah, so that's similar to um, WWE with their WrestleMania figures, how they'll say, oh, it's 110,000. It's like only 70,000 or something. So that's why it's... Oh, so so New Japan's... Okay, I I thought it might have been the other way around. I thought claimed might have been what New Japan claimed and 42,000 official was like the actual real numbers. But yeah, now now it makes sense. Or it could be um, 18,000 like claimed like um, giveaway tickets. Yeah, it could be that too. But we are not here to talk about Wrestle Kingdom 5 and Naito versus Jeff Hardy. Oh, man. (laughs) Maybe next time. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, yeah, Wrestle Kingdom 4 from the Tokyo Dome, of course, January 4th, 2010. Opening contest, a six-man tag team match. The team of Segi-Gun, Hirasawa, Hirasawa, Super Strong Machine, and Inoue uh, versus Jushin Thunder Liger, Kazuchika Okada, and Kanemaru. Uh, everyone in this match looks pretty good, except for that young lion. He didn't look like he's got much of a future. <laughs> uh, he, he looked garbage. Um, off topic. On the subject of Young Lions, though, a few years ago, there was a YouTuber, I think it might have been Showbuckle, did, like, a, a highlight video of, like, a Young Lions journey from ringside, and it, like, shows um, Jay White in the ring and then flashes back to him ringside, and it's, like, Naito's in the ring, so it flashes back to him being a Young Lion, to Tanahashi, to him being a Young Lion, just keeps going back through the generations of all these stars going back to when they were young lines. Yeah. Um, I'll, I've actually recently been trying to search up images of Bad Luck Fale as a young lion. <laughs> because I wanted to see how ridiculous he looked with, like, no knee pads and just black trunks on. <laughs> but he was actually quite in shape back then. <laughs> so he... So it didn't look as ridiculous as you would imagine. Now, if you chuck trunks on him now, that would be quite the image. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no, no, might not be too bad. I did see an article like a couple of months ago saying that Farley had lost like 50 pounds or something in lockdown. Oh, good for him. Yeah, good old Farley. Um, the young lion thing is so intriguing. I, I I find it absolutely fascinating. I would love it if like like a proper like documentary crew like really looked into it. Yeah, it's certainly one of those um, things that um, the fans were doing, and then New Japan World happened, and New Japan started cracking down on all these little fan documentaries because the English service wasn't as much as it is now, or at least before COVID, but um, 
yeah, so it's one of those things where a lot of YouTubers were doing um, New Japan English-style documentaries and stardom-style documentaries that sort of had to stop for copyright reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so how did you think this match was? Um, it was really good um, for an opener. Like, uh, it, it was a typical, like, undercard, like, New Japan multi-man tag match. But it was fun. Um, I don't know. I, I just really enjoyed seeing Lager wrestle again. Um, you know, Jushin Thunder Lager retires and the whole world turns to you-know-what. So, yeah, it was good to see him wrestle again. Yeah, absolutely. And someone like um, Super Strong Machine, who I haven't seen a lot of his stuff before, but he did retire recently, either last year or the year prior at a New Japan event. Yeah, it was the year prior. So I, I did a little bit of looking into him. Because um, they had the uh, five-on-five, LIJ versus the Strong Machine team with oh. Strong Machine Ace and Strong Machine 69. Oh, man. Well, back in the day, there was like Giant Machine. Uh, what was the other one? There was Super Machine. Like Giant Machine was Andre the Giant under a mask in Japan. Super Machine was... Uh, Jimmy Superfly Snooker under a mask in Japan. And then there was Hulk Machine, which was obviously Hulk Hogan under a mask. Hulk Machine. Like, they did it They did it all, like, back then as well, yeah. Yeah, so it's, like, kind of a really old-school gimmick, the machine thing. I suppose uh, the US equivalent for a while in that era would have been, what, Mr. Wrestling? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Mr. Wrestling might have been like um, 70s even. Um, Giant Machine and all that was like, like, it's just crazy to think Hulk Hogan was going to Japan wrestling under a hood in like 85. Wow. Yeah. That's a bit, bit strange to think of. Um, so the Trio's team of Segi Gun picks up the win here over Liger, Okada, and Kanemoto. Uh We move on to match number two for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles. It is the team of Apollo 55, Taguchi and Prince Devitt versus Averno and Ultimate Guerrero. Uh, with Apollo 55 being the champs going into the match. Your thoughts here, Alex? Um, Taguchi's hair. Man. <laughs> that, that was the biggest thing that blew my mind from this match. Not the fact that, you know, it's a young Fergal Devitt and a young Finn Balor or whatever. It's... Holy crap, was that Ryusuke Taguchi or Yota Suji? I couldn't tell. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he was rocking the full-on Yota Suji hair at this point. 
It was just insane. It blew my mind. Oh, yeah. Um, sort of weird, like, especially going back and wrestling because people do know what's coming up and it's weird to see some things and you're like, oh, well, is it happening this month or not yet? Or So, yeah, I, I couldn't remember when the Apollo breakup occurs <laughs> going into this match. Because I'd only looked up the match card, not the results. And yeah, I thought this was a really good match, especially the uh, the pairing of the junior team from Japan with the uh, the Luchadors. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we're still about two years away from Bullet Club. So. Oh, wow, uh, really? Yeah. Like, this is like 2010. So I think Bullet Club's like... Either the late the next year or or early the year before or, or early the year after. Yeah. Oh wow, that just really? Yeah. No, no, I lied. It was May twenty thirteen. We're three years away from the Bullet Club. Wow. <laughs> yep. So May still... twenty thirteen. Yep. Because that turn is so impactful in wrestling history of Japan, especially to Westerners, like even though Australia's in the Eastern Hemisphere. But um, yeah, to non-Japanese English-speaking fans, it's it's sort of the thing that drew a lot of us into New Japan. Yeah, definitely. Um, honestly, it's what it's what got me interested. Um... Yeah, it's really crazy to think like how long Prince Devitt was actually a part of that system, to be honest. Yeah. yeah, looking back on it now, it is sort of shocking once you realise how long he was there. Yeah, and he was a young lion for him and all that sort of stuff as well. Like, he had a very long, well, lengthy run in New Japan from... Um, from about 06 to, from 06 to about, what was it, 2013? Yeah, 2013 when AJ came in, 2014 even. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, 2014. So 06 to 2014. Yeah, had eight years there. It's crazy to think. Jeez, like. Apart from the Kiwis, like probably Will's sort of the next one who's had like a really long stays in the international. Yeah, um, Will, yeah, like you said, uh, Fale or like Tama. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all that comes to mind. So... Yeah, I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was a great um, pairing of styles with the sort of traditional Japanese junior heavyweights against your sort of Mexican Lucha Lucha Libre-inspired style. And Apollo 55 here got the win over Averno and Guerrero to retain their championships. Uh, Match three, we sort of touched on at the start because it's not available on VOD. No limit defeated Team 3D, the champions, and bad intentions in a 
three-way hardcore match to become the new IWGP Tag Team Champions. Uh, match number four, Tag Team match. Matsu. Matsu. Sorry? Masato Tanaka. <laughs> oh, my God, it is too. <laughs> when something's written down in front of me, like, you can't say it right. Masato yeah. Tanaka. Masato Tanaka and Tajiri versus Aki Bono and Yuji Nagata. Um, first of all, I'd just like to say that last night I was watching just take my mind off of wrestling. I sit down and watch wrestling. <laughs> I've watched like 1998 WCW Nitros and like last night, I was just like watching Van Hammer versus Yuji Nagata from 1998. And it was just the weirdest visual. So, um, oh, Yuji Nagata just is absolutely timeless because in this Wrestle Kingdom 4, he looks exactly the same as he did in WCW in 98. Just like insane. Um, but let's discuss this match. Oh man, you can take it away, my man. Well, Aki Bono, we, um, some of us unfortunately remember him from five years prior to this at WrestleKingdom, uh, not WrestleKingdom, WrestleMania 21, where he had a sumo match against the big show and won. And was never seen in the WWE ever again. He literally came in at WrestleMania, beat their giant, and left. <laughs> just, just ridiculous. And not only that, they made the Big Show wear the full, like, you know, thong, if you will. Sumo attire. Yeah. Um... Then you got, and like that, it's just questionable. Like, and then I look into it, and he had such a long run in Japan. He had like a 10 year run in Japan, like just wrestling at all the different promotions. Um, and then you got like, yeah, Yuji Nagata's fantastic, Masato Tanaka's fantastic, Tajiri's great. <laughs> Oh man, this was just this was just odd, very odd. Yeah, certainly sort of a a sideshow sort of attraction, sort of get your more casual fan in. Oh, I know Aki Bono from Sumo. Let's go watch him. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. At least he wasn't the least mobile person on this card. Oh, boy. So, yeah, Tanaka and Tajiri. Jeez, the former ECW teammates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Defeat Aki Bono and Nagata to uh, get the win there. Yeah, Team ECW defeats Team WWE and WCW. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. That's... uh. A weird alternate timeline for the Monday Night Wars. 
what if Nitro had won and Nagato had stuck around? <laughs> no, it was just like, ladies and gentlemen, I have bought my competition. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyhow. You, you see, Triple H, the name on the WCW contract does say Paul, but it says Paul Heyman, not Paul Levesque. A-E-Dub. A-E-Dub. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's Anywho. talk about my favourite match of the night. <laughs> okay, so we're going to skip all the other matches and go to the main event. <laughs> Match number five, your co-main event. <laughs> uh, match number five, an eight-man tag team match. Mab, Nakanishi, Chono, Ch- Choshu, and Terry Funk versus Abdul the Butcher and the Chaos members Takashi Iska, Tamahiro Ishii, and Toriyano. What was this? You know, it was very strange. Like, Abdullah the Butcher might have stuck out like a sore thumb, but for me, nothing stood out more like a sore thumb than Tomohiro Ishii with hair. Oh, my God, I forgot to mention that. Tomohiro Ishii. Oh. (laughs) Like, it was just, it was just strange. Um, I forgot to say, um, in some of these matches, and it was very noticeable in this match, did you see some of the young lions around the ring? Yeah, but I didn't, uh, jot down who they were. Stupidly, I should have, considering our discussion at the, uh, start of the show. Yeah, well, this, this match is actually why I ended up going on my weird Google search tangent of trying to find... Farley in black trunks. Um, yeah, bad luck. Farley was was standing outside the ring, and he was pretty as tall as the entire ring itself. Like his head was almost level with the top rope, so it was pretty easy to see him. But also, at one point, Abdullah the Butcher just strikes this other young lion. One young lion that would eventually become what you would say a holy emperor. Oh my. Did you have a random stupid sexy Tai Chi spotting? Dude, his hair was so fluffy. (laughs) I can't describe it. It was like, because he had like... You know how he usually has predominantly black hair with a little bit of blonde? It was like the reverse at this time. It was like mainly blonde hair with a little bit of black. He sort of looked like <laughs> like um, Dolph Ziggler's wrestled a 30-minute match and his hair goes, goes all frizzy. That's what Taichi looked like. Oh, boy. Yeah, and his hair just looked like a giant cotton ball. And Abdullah the Butcher just hits him and, like, yeah, you just see all this weird blonde hair go flying. Um, it was nice to see Taichi. Um, 
Yeah. Also blew my mind. He's 40. <laughs> yeah, he looks good for his age. It's just insane. Yeah, he looks 30, honestly. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, don't don't do that at home. Do not play a drinking game of spot the young line. Especially, no. especially within the last 10 years because you're like, oh, hey, there's Jay White. Has he won a championship? Yep, finish your beer. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't turn out well. <laughs> oh, man. Um. Yeah, so you were saying least mobile man in this match wasn't who you thought it was. Who was it? Uh, yeah, the least mobile member of, the, of this card was obviously Abdullah the Butcher, right? Like, yeah. there was certain points in this match where the poor guy, like, he was really struggling to get between the ropes to stand on the apron. So there was just times where he just stood in the ring, just like leaned up against the corner instead. Did you notice that? Yeah. Um, yeah. I may and, be and wrong. He, he also didn't take a bump the entire match. Yeah. Um, I might be wrong, but is Abdullah in a wheelchair now? Uh, yeah, I think so now. Um. He wrestled for like five years after this. Oh, Jesus. Really? Yeah. Like doing oh. lots of like Canadian indies and stuff like that. Oh. Um, like his most infamous thing that happened is that whole thing where he had that match with a Canadian wrestler called Hannibal and Hannibal contracted... Uh, hepatitis or HIV or something from him because no. because Abdullah was just yeah just really negligent yeah yeah exactly um, um, but yeah Abdullah was just ridiculous at this he just stood out like a sore thumb I, I like felt really bad for him at times like it was blatantly obvious that like he didn't want to be wrestling. Like, it looked like it. You could see it in his eyes. I, I'm not ready to go with these guys. Yeah, sadly. Um, so, yeah, the um, team of Nakanishi, Chono, Chatsu, and Funk get the win over Butcher and the Chaos Trio. Match number six, Togi Makabe versus... Muhammad Yoni? I'll take your word on that one. I, I wasn't too sure. Um, yeah, any thoughts here, Alex? A lot of potatoes in this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lots of potatoes. This is like this is like peak Togi Makabe, isn't it? Like yeah, it's around that time. Period. Around this time, yeah. Yeah, and, like, we're not too far off from that, like, classic Makabe versus Nakamura G1 final. Yeah, it'd be, be coming up. If it hasn't happened the year before, it'd be coming up soon mm. because Nakamura's off within five years. Yeah. Yeah, like, Makabe's a beast here. 
I, I love this era of Maccabee. And I'm honestly positive it, if they gave him the opportunity, he could probably still do something like at least three quarters as good as this. Yeah, I'd have to agree there too. Um, I thought this was a good, fun, hard-hitting match for what it was um, with Maccabee getting the win here over Yoni. Match yeah, it was a good old meat slapper, that's for sure. Yeah, indeed. Match number seven for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. Um, Naramuchi. Jesus Christ, Chris, get together. Naramuchi Marafuji. Yeah. So it's the champion. <laughs> so it is the champion Tiger Mask versus Naramichi Marafuji. So, Alex, I know you're not normally a fan of the high flies and the junior heavyweights. Um, did you enjoy this match? Uh, I I actually did because these two guys like like my main issue with high flyers and stuff of today's day and age is the fact that they seem to forget the whole object is to actually damage your opponent and sometimes you know you should just punch your opponent in the face these two guys at least do that you know, like that, they'll do their high flying stuff and all that, but also they're hitting each other hard, and I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought this was a really good match, sort of one of the standout matches on this entire card. Um, and Marafuji gets the win here, defeating Tiger Mask to become the new junior heavyweight champion. Yeah, so I was familiar for of Marafuji from his Noah run, but I wasn't I wasn't entirely educated to the fact that he had a bit of a New Japan run by the looks of things. Um I had no idea he ever held the IWGP junior title. Yeah, this is sort of during this weird time where New Japan and Noah are still working together in Japan. Yes, and uh Becomes a bit evident later on, but yeah, yeah, it was definitely interesting. Uh, match number eight is a singles match: New Japan versus um, New Japan versus Noah. Hiroshi Tanahashi of New Japan versus Go Shizaki of Noah. This was a really good match, Alex. Uh, your thoughts? This was insanely good. Like, just a young, like, sprightly, like, he's still got a massive spring in his step, Tanahashi. Just brilliant. Loved it. Go Shizaki was great as well. Um, Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of his stuff. He's a name I've heard a lot of. But, yeah, I haven't seen a lot of him because he's affiliated sort of with Noah for a lot of his uh, career from what I've gathered. But... Yeah, this was a really great match. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat with you. Like guys like Shiyazaki, Marafuji, um, who else? Like Takashi Segura that we're going to talk about later. Like th- those are names I've heard of, but I've never really watched before. And out of all of them, like Go Shiyazaki stood out the most for me from this card. Um, I'd have to agree as well. Even though I'm a big fan of the junior heavyweights and Marafuji's style, I think 
go um go shiz go shizaki definitely stood out for me above the other two featured Noah wrestlers yeah yeah definitely um yeah it was just a good fun like technical match i thought it was fantastic man was like tanahashi just you could just tell like i'm sure this is already a couple of years into his sort of rise to the top sort of thing but you can just tell like this dude's meant to be like a mega star there's just yeah. something about him he's certainly one in a hundred yeah yeah i'd say one in a million by now yeah oh man so tanahashi gets the win there over Goshizaki. match number nine and your true co-main event <laughs> is for noah's Global Honoured Crown Heavyweight Championship. Did you know that's no what idea. it stands for? I had no idea that's what it stood for. I love that stuff. Yeah, all the different promotions have different uh, governing bodies and all have different names for their titles. Like, like the, the, the International Wrestling Grand Prix, like that's fine, right? Yeah. And what was this one again? Oh, GHC, Global Honoured Crown. Yeah, it's just like, it sounds so over the top. Like, like hey, at least it's not you never. Shall be, you shall be awarded with the Global Honoured Crown. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds straight out of an anime or something. At least it's not a... The Never Championship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, do that, you remember thing, what Never is? I do not remember, but everyone please Google it. It's a whole heap of random words somehow spelling you, out the acronym Never. Do you want me to go? Uh, you remembered? It is Noob Flood Evolution uh, V Victory uh, eternity, and then the R stands for radical. <laughs> you remember um, the WAR promotion that Chris Jericho used to work for in the mid nineties in Japan? No. <laughs> WAR. It was a promotion that, like, Hayabusa was involved with at the time. Jericho was there. Anyway, Jericho always talks about like how ridiculous the name of the promotion is because the Japanese people wanted to make it like have English words in the promotion's name, but they didn't really know what the words meant. <laughs> and the promotion was called WAR Wrestling or Wrestling and Romance Wrestling. Oh my gosh, that's almost as good as automatic telemachine machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like romance? <laughs> uh, oh, what is it? Um, oh, DDT has another name like that as well. Dynamic Dream Team, I think it was at one point. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's, like it's blatantly obvious it's a bunch of Japanese people in a boardroom that are just like, 
what English words sound cool? <laughs> Just like how, like, idiotic uh, English-speaking people will just get random Japanese letters tattooed on their back. That's basically the Japanese version of this, is naming your wrestling promotion Wrestling and Romance Wrestling. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, honored crown championship match. Takashi... Takashi... Takashi Segura, the champion, versus... Hiroki Goto. Did Goto impress for you in this match? Man, uh, whoever this dude was, man, it would have been good to have seen nine matches from him this this year. Whoever the hell this dude was, because this wasn't the Hiroki Goto I know. Oh, boy. Yeah, back... I'm just trying to think when Goto won G1... Uh, he won one? <laughs> pretty sure Goto's won one. I know he's won a New Japan Cup. Oh, man. What are the, what were they thinking? <laughs> I'm not entirely sure now. I'm going to check. But, um, yeah, while I'm doing that, you talk about the... Uh, uh, the 2008 G1 Climax winner. I did. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> so this would have been two years after that and a year after his New Japan Cup win that he would win again later that year and then win again in 2012. So this is Pete Goto. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'm going to give you two guesses. In 2012, Hiroki Goto won the World Tag League. Who was his partner? Uh, can I ask, was he in chaos? At, oh, no, he wouldn't have been in chaos at this time because he loses a championship match to Nakamura to join chaos. So this probably would have been about the time with Shibata. Two years later, he did win a World Tag League with Shibata. Oh. This is a Gaijin wrestler. <laughs> All right, I, I'm going to cut you off because there's no yeah, way. Yeah, i got no cause... idea. Uh, in 2012, Hiroki Goto won the World Tag League with his tag team partner, the machine gun Carl Anderson. <laughs> what? You know what's even more confusing? Hiroki Goto was a former IWGP junior heavyweight tag team champion. Yeah. Um, I just can't picture him being a junior. Well, I can't picture him wrestling a junior style. Most of the young lines are when they first uh, graduate, at least. Yeah. Unless you have someone like, who was it? Oka? Oka. Oka, the one who had the, um, the fangs, like, Big, muscly, tan, short buzz hair. Got injured. Oh, uh, no, that was Kitamura. Kitamura, yes. Yeah. I, I was, like, positive he was going to be the future of wrestling. I was positive, like, he'd graduate the dojo system, all that sort of stuff. He'll get a couple of IWGP heavyweight title reigns, and then Vince is just going to just 
froth all over him. He's just going to love him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, didn't like his injuries leg that bad he had to retire? Yeah, he got like a concussion that was so oh, bad man. that he had to retire and now he's a professional bodybuilder. Surprise, surprise. Oh, well, at least he can do something, I guess. Yeah, well, he's... There's no way that he's going to have too much competition in bodybuilding in Japan anyway. Like, a, a dude of his size, like, no way. He'll um, kill. So yeah. back to the match. Uh, talked a little about how we thought Goto was at the time. Uh, how do you think Sigoro? Yeah, I, I thought he was great. Yeah, I'd have to agree as well. Again, I haven't seen a lot of his stuff before, but I thought it was really good. Yeah, I'd, I'd never seen him before either. I'd honestly like, yeah, those the past three matches is it that we've had to talk about? Yeah, the past three matches, I'd never seen any of these. I'd oh, sorry, I'd never seen too much of these three guys. Uh, this was the first time seeing most of them. Um, Goshi Izaki stood out the most for me, but Takashi Segura wasn't too far behind. Yeah, I'd I'd have to agree there as well. So in the end here, Segura, uh, the defending champion, retains his title, defeating Goto. Um, and then the main event of the night for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship Shinsuke Nakamura, the champion, versus Yoshihiro yeah. Takayama. Uh, your quick thoughts here, Alex? I loved this so much. I wished every wrestling match was like this match. Oh, boy. Yeah. Like, this felt like a real, like, fight. Like, this felt like a tactical game of chess. It felt like I was watching, like, a UFC fight, basically. Wow. Yeah, that's... Oh, man. It, as much as I love Nakamura, especially from this time period, I realise that I'm going to have to watch him, like, tomorrow or Monday and be like, oh, man. What have they done to you? If it's any consolation, he is probably making a lot of money to go surfing, and that's his favourite thing to do in the world. Yeah, He's living in Florida. He probably could go to, like, a private beach somewhere and surf every day. Lucky bugger. Yeah. Well, I can go to the beach every day. It's only a... 15-minute walk down the road. You need to start taking up surfing, man. Uh, did surfing before. It's all right. I'm not going to do it all the time. Plus, the beach here doesn't get enough waves. Yeah, and I'll come up and visit you, and I'll just fish on the beach. That's That's what I'd rather do. The uh, weirdest thing about this goddamn pandemic is that never before in my life have I been that interested in going fishing. But now that I can't go fishing, I really want to go fishing. 
Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking about this right now. <laughs> I'm sure you've gone fishing like with like my family and that when you were younger and we were younger, but yeah, yeah, like I, I've <laughs> gone yeah. fishing. I've gone fishing. I've never been that interested in it, but now it's just like. As soon as everything's back to normal, I just want to take the dogs, take Eliza, and just go out fishing. <laughs> nah, man. Never know. We'll get there soon enough, I'm sure. Yeah, you'll get there before me, you lucky bugger. Oh, uh, yeah. Can talk about that later. But, um, yeah, I thought this was a really great match. Um <laughs> Sorry, it's just the whole segue of fishing. Oh, yeah, Takayama. <laughs> oh, yeah, you were going to explain to me, isn't he the man who invented Fry Takayama spot? Well, the Fry Takayama spot is not really a spot. It is a legitimate uh, MMA fight where Don Fry took on Yoshihiro Takayama and they just decided before the match, this is how the story goes. Uh, do you want to just go out there and just put on a show? So they go out there and just start hitting each other repeatedly in the head. <laughs> like, insanely. And it was just one of the craziest MMA fights of all time. And now it's sort of just become a spot in wrestling matches. Oh, man. Yeah, so, like, if you ever get a chance, watch that MMA fight. I reckon I'll watch it, like, once every six months or so. It's just insane. What promotion was that for? I think it was Pride. I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was Pride. This was, I was thinking it might have been Pancrase or Pride, but Pride sounds right. Yeah, it was Pride. Uh, Pride 21, June 23rd, 2002. Wow, that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, We're, I was in my first high school. Oh, man. Anyhow, um, really great match. Enjoyed seeing Takayama for the first time at least first time of note that I can remember. And uh, Shinsuke got the win here to retain. Uh, any quick thoughts there, Alex? Yeah, like, like I said, it, it felt like a tactical sort of grappling, striking match that I enjoyed. It felt so real. It felt like a legitimate sport. I loved it. Um, Takayama is like towards the end of his career here. Like, this dude was, like, a beast in the early 2000s and is towards the end of his career here and still looked fantastic. Still main eventing Tokyo Domes. Like, hats off to him. Like, that was a fantastic match. I loved it. I loved the presentation of Nakamura as well. It was quite a different Nakamura than what we're used to. Yes, indeed. Um, so, seeing how you're up and about. Do you want to go to the fridge and get some beers for this event? I will. I will. Um, 
Oops, I dropped a couple on the floor, but there's still four beers here. <laughs> um, wow. I think I enjoyed this a lot more than you then. I'm actually going one better. I'm going five. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just the first half of the card that I thought was... It was okay, but... I'm just completely over undercard tag matches, no matter who's in them, because of New Japan. <laughs> Don't worry, you'll get plenty of Master Water coming up, possibly in World Tag League. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. If you th- if you think for a second I'm gonna sit down and watch and rate every World Tag League match, you've got another thing coming, brother. <laughs> Well, I, I might watch every best of Super Juniors match, and even then, that's an if. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, Alex, do you want to let the good humans know where they can find us on social medias? Yes, uh, at that is W R E S T L E A U S S T Y L E. I had to double check that I was spelling correctly then. Uh, you find us. At WrestleOzStyle on Instagram, Twitter, find us on Facebook, all that good stuff. I'm trying to be a little bit more active on the Instagram. I've chucked a few things on there. I'll, I'll chuck a bit more in the future. Uh, also, you can find me at Fruity is Alex on all platforms. Uh, you can find Chris at. Oh, uh... I am Chris Funder, and of course you can, and of course you can listen back to the entire Wrestling Ice Style archive for free on pretty much everything except Apple. Oh yeah, Apple's being a bitch. (laughs) Um, God damn it, Steve Jobs. You're not in charge anymore. He gone. I know. I know. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so you can listen back to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean. Tune in, Stitcher, and Spotify. Now, with that being said, I think we'll bid you adieu and speak to you all next time. Aki Bono, why? <laughs> <laughs>